0: Welcome to this edition of When the Biomass Hits the Wind Turbine, a discussion of sustainable living and what that means to you and me. I am Jay Warmke.
1: That's good. And I'm Annie Warmke. That's
0: even better. And today we're going to talk about nearly 30 years of living at Blue Rock Station or everything you ever wanted to know about an Earthship, but were afraid to ask.
1: So, 30 years? We yeah. haven't lived here. Well, we've
0: years. been 30 years in the making. So pretty close. Pretty close. Yeah, pretty that's close. true.
1: Oh, I forgot how old Catlin is. I know. <laughs> that's how I measure things. Yeah,
0: I just measure them by how old my socks are. So <laughs>
1: well, that's the truth, isn't it? <laughs> All right. So today, so.
0: Um, we're going to do a little bit of question and answer. I know you put together a bunch of frequently asked questions people who come here on tour um i should probably preference that by saying blue rock station is a sustainable living center located in southeastern ohio in the beautiful west virginia part of ohio that's and, not uh, true we're in the foothills, <laughs> of, the Appalachian foothills of the mountains, mountains. and it's very beautiful over the years we've had thirty-five thousand, forty thousand 40,000 people coming through our living or room more. or more and and a lot of them have the same questions you know it's like you we live in a house that's primarily made of uh, recycled materials or trash. No, as reused you would say. and
1: repurposed. And, and not recycled. We didn't use a bunch of and energy. And of course, the
0: concept of an earthship is you use it, it's a building designed to provide its own environmental controls, harvests rainwater, composting toilets, um, uses thermal mass, passive solar for heat and cooling. And we do all of this by um, constructing it out of things that Already otherwise would exists. be thrown away. That's right. So that's the concept behind a So a lot of people then sort of look at that and go, "Ooh, that's very strange. I have some questions for you. So I have some questions. I'm going to play the role of uh, interviewer.
1: Don't use a different accent. I then. was going
0: to say Dick, <laughs> Dick Cavett here, but nobody's going to know who Dick Cavett no, is. You, no, you know they're so, not. All right. So um, I'll I'll sort of interview you and we'll see how this works. Okay. All I'll right. do my best. All right. So Annie, you've been living in an airship ship for 30 years. Uh, how the heck did you learn to build an airship? ship?
1: Well, did I actually learn to build an <laughs> airship? ship? Mm-hmm. Well, first of all, there was some research involved after I found out about it and, um, And then uh, I convinced you to go out west to New Mexico where the architect of Earthships lives and works and builds We should give him credit.
0: Michael Reynolds. Michael
1: Reynolds from. um, Taos, New Mexico area. We did go there. and, um, And that was where we fell in love, really fiercely in love with the concept of reusing things and building a building called an Earthship. It feels so welcoming and, Uh, you know, it it was just really great. And we, we did do a little bit of work there. You know, we mixed some plaster and we pounded a tire. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was very hot that day. We went in June and, um, but it was enough to say, Hey, you know, we might be able to do this, but then, uh, the challenge became finding a contractor and we couldn't find one no matter what we promised the person. Well, I
0: should, I should point out we were kind of of the opinion. Okay. This is cool idea. Let's find somebody we can work with who will take responsibility for building this thing.
1: Right, because neither one of us had ever built a house before, and I had never really built anything but a tent with sheets over the swing set I when had, I was eight I years old. I built
0: a bookcase, which you continually to this day Ridicule, my
1: bookcase. It moved when you set things on it. It scared the heck out of me. Okay, it's- it
0: was art. So. <laughs>
1: We well, you got better, thank God, because if the house mm-hmm. did that, we wouldn't be able to live in it. But so then you announced one day when everybody kept saying the contractors would say, you know, this woman's crazy for what she wants to do. You said, all right, well, Annie, you're going to be the contractor. And I remember crying because <laughs> I thought this is a failure waiting to happen. But anyway, so I studied um a lot of the concepts and um and then i decided i would hire in that first part to get us on the right track so things were kind of level and plumb and all that which didn't turn out to be always the case uh some people from the architect who were young architects themselves waiting for their licensing that summer and so they came and we built the walls the first walls of the airship, and we put part of the roof on so we protected the tires and then we went home for the summer and that was there was a huge learning curve it rained almost every day i had some pumps to pump out the inside of the house which wasn't covered over yet um i i would i surprised myself at how smart sometimes i was just naturally over the just the the nature of what we were doing and what was coming. And and I will say that one of the things that I learned in building an earthship is that when you have the vision of it and you're walking towards it, it is very forgiving in the construction of it, thank God.
0: Well, I was going to point out that looking back on that process, you know, we were feeling very insecure about it and kept thinking we need to find people who know what they're doing. Well,
1: know more than we did, yeah, well, <laughs> which wasn't and, too hard.
0: And we did find a few people who we hired, professionals, and that usually tended to be the things that were done a, a wrong. A mistake. Because it, yeah. the professionals were messing up everything.
1: Well, not not the young people. Although when I did announce, shouldn't we be using a plum so the inside of the walls were even, not the outside of the walls? And they said, ah, nah, nah, it won't matter. Well, it mattered a lot. And it did make some interesting cubbies and things like that. But I didn't see the nature of that other than dust collectors. So anyhow, but that's how we learned how to build an airship. And honestly. Basically
0: learned by doing. Yeah. And thinking it through. We would have a lot of meetings where we'd say, okay, here's the next part of it what are the challenges? What are the issues? What are we going to do? What tools do we need? How long is it going to take?
1: Well, also in gathering materials. So that was primarily the job that I had, keeping everybody going, um, making sure everybody got paid. But then there was this concept of, all right, I need to understand what materials do we need next? How much of that material, you know, many evenings, um, Chris Catlin was a little tiny kid and I would we'd take a shower in the solar shower I lived in a little teeny tiny shack that leaked like a sieve and flooded occasionally and we would go to town with the truck and this trailer not the truck we had an SUV then and I had a trailer for the back of it a homemade trailer and we'd go to the bars and
0: so we, you're drinking heavily. We got at something this time. to eat.
1: We usually ate nachos at this one bar cuz there was nothing healthy to eat, not that nachos are, but at least they had some veggies. And then I would go to the dumpsters. And I always had on a dress cuz it's hot and um, occasionally some guy would come and say, hey, ma'am, can I help you? And I was like, well, I need the bags of trash that are in there because they're, they've got cans and bottles and things that I need. And they're like, oh, you're that woman making that house out of trash. And so I'd go home with that loaded. And then I still had to sort it among the cigarettes and the yucky food and
0: so if, when people ask what skills are needed, it, it sounds, it's <laughs> more like diving. willing to climb into a dumpster, <laughs> yes. you know, in a dress. I had a stool
1: and that I could so climb up. Tough on
0: sure. me. And uh, <laughs> so basically perseverance. Well, um, a vision,
1: because um, I planning. would look at material, like I decided at some point after we built the face of the... Um, of the house and and I went down to the window making place and I saw they had basically used windows they were returns and I could buy them for, you know, a song and so I figured out how to do that and how to get it delivered and you know and then I said you can't buy a straight two before anywhere so I'm going to go see about maybe taking a barn apart. I'd never done anything like that either. But uh, so I got you to come with me, and a guy that had helped a bit with um, some of the work. He was older, so I thought he was more logical. And um, and you went to look at this barn that was going to come up at an auction, and um, it was a, it was involved in the Underground Railroad, and they wanted it torn down because the family had died. And um, and I know you thought it was
0: insane yeah insane
1: idea. and then but then practical because look at all the great wood that's in there and then I did buy that barn although that was the last time I had to pay for a barn um, and so eventually we had a lumber yard and that wood has served us well we're still we just used it this summer um, to remodel a, a little building we have so so there were a lot of there was a big learning curve but then I had the the will and and I was logical. And then I also had a lot of men that worked for me that had an IQ of maybe 50, but I made them really work with me and learn and give them incentives. So I learned a lot in the learning to build an I learned a lot about management of mostly men and how to motivate them when they had very poor work ethic.
0: Okie doke. Well, one question we get a lot, I mean all the time, is how long does it take to build an we hear this almost every What's single the analogy of that. I know so how, long uh, how does much it, does it cost to build? How much is a house? You know, yeah, how long is a piece of rope? What does it
1: cost to market that? <laughs>
0: yeah. And, and the, the reality is, and of course I usually give them a glib answer. Like I'll let you know when we finish, you know, because it's been 30 years and I'm still. You're working, working on, on the finishing. floor in the living room. Yeah, Yay. The, the living room That's floor great. is being done right now. So, um, so it, it, it takes a long time i mean it well
1: it depends if you if you hire uh, the architects people it's still going to take a long time because it's very labor intensive and also there are a lot of skill sets involved yes you can pound tires and you can learn how to make a level wall but you've got to have carpentry skills plumbing skills electrical installation skills you have to have common sense you have to have a lot of project management skills, which is what I, the one thing that I did bring to the table was that. And without being able to look at what's needed and break it into pieces and figure out how much time, um, you're going to be forever building it. And then you're also going to be manipulated greatly by the government, by the zoning people, and the installation of and sewer. The people or, yeah because sometimes they don't want to work very hard or, or
0: they have ways of doing things and they're saying you're they, doing it wrong yeah oh yeah you're doing it wrong it's not going to work this way it can't work this way and they're very very adamant they're very well because advanced. they're
1: they're very they're but locked they're into wrong. convention they're very wrong well they're wrong when it comes to an earthship and so i rarely could leave them i had this one guy he i needed his back he was so strong we we're pounding tires and i asked him to dig a ditch for the electric line and i showed him i marked it out and everything and it came back and he dug it the opposite direction it's like where do you think this temporary pole is it's not You're down in the the, power holler. the
0: woods <laughs>
1: yeah, no, it, that was yeah. really frustrating well
0: you run into that a lot i like that expression frequently wrong but never in doubt you yeah. know, you get a lot of folks like that so um, th- so i think the reality people lose sight of the fact that one of the things around inertia is you're using old materials, you're using reused materials, but so you save money on materials, but you make up for that in, in labor because it takes a lot more time, there's a lot more energy In the installation of these reused materials. Well,
1: it's a job. Well, because a lot of
0: new materials are designed with labor saving in mind. That's right.
1: Just pop it in. Plug and play. But
0: if you're using old two by fours, for instance, you got to pull the nails out of them. You got to make sure they're okay. There's a lot of prep work in in preparing your materials to be used once again. But
1: even before that. If you're going to go and get materials at the habitat store, let's say, you've got to think, where am I storing that? So it's safe, maybe from somebody else taking it or hurting it, but also from the weather and how long it's going to have to sit there. And so it may sound great, oh, you took apart barns. Yes, I did. But every board had to have a little shim in between it so air could pass. Um, You got to be careful because you bring in termites and you know, wood rot, and there's a lot of material that isn't even useful anymore. I know when we saw off the ends of the boards, because there had been water damage, but we made birdhouses and told the story of the barn with them and sold them. But you may not have the ability to do all that. So that's a big challenge with reuse material.
0: Okay, well, you were listening to When the Biomass Hits the Wind Turbine with Jane Annie Warmke. Reminding you, it is indeed the end of the world as we know it.
1: And thank God. Thank
0: God. So today we're sort of uh, hitting some of the the top 10, you know, frequently asked questions uh, here at the airship at Blue Rock Station. So we, we're talking about building the airship, some of those things. So... How about what? if I
1: talk about what I like about the design and then you who love to bellyache. I belly ache. ask that question. Okay. Yeah. What do you
0: like about the design of inertia? Right. Then All
1: you right. can talk about what you don't, what don't like, like, what you think is wrong design. with it because you love to bellyache about it. I do. So so I love, and I would do this again in a heartbeat, but I can say that because I don't have to. I'm happy to teach other people how to build this building, but I love this building it is so welcoming, the roundness of the rooms. It's like, we're round. You know, why do we build square rooms? And um, it takes care of us. It protects us. Uh, it won't really catch on fire, um, even though it's tried. <laughs> as much
0: as we've tried, yes. Uh-huh.
1: <laughs> um, yeah, with a, and that's a good example. When you talked about the fact that, you know, when we've used professionals, I thought, let's have a professional install the wood stove. And, um, and it was inferior, inferior product. And so the house tried to catch on fire and, and you and your slippers and your shorts at five below zero with buckets of water trying to put it out. And it, and it really was a $35 damage in replacing the pipe. And that made me, I've always been so terrified of fire anyway, that just made me love this house more because it said, I won't kill you. I might fall (laughs) down on you at some point. Uh... Always a
0: good feature in a house. (laughs) Well, it is. I'm not
1: going to kill you. I'm not Uh going to catch on fire (laughs) in the night and burn you up. So anyway, I love the light. It is hugely well lit, even at night. So when Orion in the winter is up there in the sky, you can see the sword and you can see the uh, the seven sisters, and um, it's it's just stunning, and it's beautiful. It's it's charming. Um, cool in the
0: summer, warmish, yeah. warm in the winter, depending on your heat yeah. source.
1: Well, we have ceiling fans, so we we don't deal with the humidity. We're just like, hey, that's life. But we, it is a lovely, cool building uh, all summer. And in fact, we don't even open up the house anymore. Um, I think we did open the windows because we had interns (laughs) this year. We opened one window in the kitchen because they were continuously cooking in the house instead of outside. And so the humidity from that got crazy. But um, even at that, it was just one window. And then we had the ceiling fans and it was still cooler inside. So um, I can't think of uh, the, the one thing that I find frustrating. Well, two things about it and then. I'll ask you
0: Uh,
1: one is that there's it's just not designed with storage in mind and so if you don't have a basement or a garage or a second story um, you've got to think that through really well and then the other thing is you can't hang anything on the wall. And as you used to say, walls were built for me to hang things on because our other homes were always loaded up with wonderful pictures of our ancestors and quilts my grandmother had made when she was young and things like that. And there's no doing that here. Plus, the wood stove produces an amazing amount of dust, ash dust, and it gets on everything. So the books have to be taken out and dusted twice a year, probably more than that, but that's that's.
0: That's how many <laughs> times they get dusted. <laughs> That's
1: right? right. But everything gets this coat of dust on it, and so I find that uh, I find that a bit frustrating. So I'd love to be able to hang things on the wall.
0: Okay. Well, I'm I'm not sad about that. <laughs> so. I I much prefer the Spartan military. I know, you're a minimalist. minimalist. I'm not. Minimalist, there you go. Don't even apologize. All right, so the things that I find annoying, and and I should say this is uh, Michael Reynolds' 1.0 Earthship design because we were were really one of the first Earthships uh, built anywhere, but certainly east of the Mississippi we were the first one. And so this was the early design. So many of these flaws have been corrected. But the initial design, of course, had the slanted front windows. So the windows were at an angle uh, to harvest maximum sunshine in the wintertime um, and less so in the summertime, sort of like you would uh, angle solar panels. And the reality is, windows were never designed to be placed that way. Causes lots of problems with them. Uh, One, very practical leaking, well leaking, leaking is leaking, a big leaking. issue uh, the practical one I was gonna say is you can't hang curtains on a, on a window have, that's, that's okay I know it's a it's a minor annoyance uh, it also does tend to cut into usable space when the, right. when the windows are are leaning into the living area but also yeah the the they're southern exposed so they're getting extreme elements they're at an angle the water tends to sort of flow slowly down them and find whatever crack or crevice in the caulking that you're going to find. So we were having to re them. Eventually we put an awning over the entire window structure, which kind of gets away from the whole idea of uh, angling the windows in the first place. And it really doesn't provide any more energy, maybe a degree or two, hard to hard to quantify, but, but it's unnecessary. It doesn't unnecessary. provide shade.
1: The awning doesn't really provide shade. It's just protecting the window.
0: Yeah, and and so that, that was an annoyance. And you'll also know with, with double-paned windows, uh, there's, there's two panes and then there's a gap with usually argon gas in the middle of it. Well, when you put them at an angle, the, the back pane is receiving more pressure than the front pane so it tends to lead to that where they, they, they crack, the seal breaks. Not the window pane cracking, but the seal between the two, and then moisture gets in between yeah, those two it's panes. it's foggy.
1: You know, yeah. if I ever won the lottery, but I don't buy the ticket, <laughs> yeah, so I won't. But I, I would have, not you, a contractor, because I wouldn't want you to be sad about having to work that hard, uh, to build the face so it's straight. So right, well, so we could get away from that because...
0: reality was we're kind of stuck with that yeah um, all right. The other thing was the v shaped roof um the v shaped roof the idea there was you you shape it a bit like more not so much a v but more like a check mark. you know the front of it is is shorter than the back. The idea there is that the back portion is still southern exposed, so if you get a lot of snow on it. It will melt so you avoid snow loading that does happen it does happen (laughs) and the snow melts and the melt flows down to the bottom of the v which is in shadow by the front of the v instantly freezes again and you have the world's most amazing ice dam yeah we
1: could skate on it i didn't think of that
0: it was one time i went up there it was two feet thick yeah right ice up in there i mean you talk about weight in the most vulnerable place But then what happens, because the water flows out of those V's, well, the drains freeze up, but then usually sometime in February, you get a really, really lovely, warm day. Sunny. Everything starts to melt, except for the drain.
1: And now (laughs) you've got a swimming pool,
0: (laughs) and all of this water works its way back up, backwards under all the roofing, and then the living room ends up being a shower and uh, that's really that's that a,
1: isn't an exaggeration either because it pours out like a it pours out you made a weep hole so we control it but it pours out like it's a hose it
0: is really terrible and maybe not in taos new mexico but in southeastern ohio it's a disaster so what we've found <laughs> is so funny when I i'm why. when i'm aware that there's going to be a change in temperature or even before usually go up on the roof in the wintertime with pots of boiling water and try and uh, free the drain up, uh, so that when it does start to leak, it, it can flow through. But then there's a constant problem because as soon as that water starts flowing through that drain, then, then it freezes again. So you're just dealing with. So what did you twice. do
1: for the solution? Because we're spending half the show on this. I know. Well, because <laughs> you like to rant and rave about
0: anyway, it. Anyway, so yeah, I don't know. I don't know yet. I'm gonna put. A I heat thought you tape put a heat there. tape. I did. I bought a heat tape, but your dog chewed it in half. So I have. Well, to before get it another. ever got there. <laughs> I know. The, the postman <laughs> delivered it up at the gate, and the dog took the package, opened it up, and chewed the heat tape in half. So. <laughs> So maybe he knows something we don't know about heat tapes on our on our roof. But Sorry.
1: Uh, we'll
0: see about that. All right. So we probably have time for one more maybe two more questions here. Um Let me
1: tell the story of the neighbors. So the neighbors when when I started building the house and we we had the EPA who we got a, a, a permit to have used tires and then um the this guy they the EPA paid a guy to bring the tires so about 2200 tires were brought to us maybe a little more and they were all just dumped out and so we started putting the tires on the ground and everything and one day i went into town to get material and i came back early i guess i forgot something and at the pit where the tires were going in where all of the neighbors on both sides of us and across the road standing looking down like golly look at that and they were horrified that I caught them and they said oh oh we were just looking at your progress and I was like okay Mm-hmm. And and we weren't doing anything. We didn't take anything or whatever. Yeah,
0: get that tire out from under your your coat.
1: I know <laughs> it. And and of course they they um, one of them said, you know, there's some pretty good looking tires down there. Would you care if we went down and looked and took like one or two of them? And I was like, okay. It's like, well, they got good tread on them. I can see that from here. And so that was pretty wild. But they they were afraid of us after that. Um, it was just too too bizarre. We have different neighbors now but it, I don't think that's changed.
0: No, I, I think well that's another question it's not on the list but it's one that we get a lot um because most of those 35 40,000 visitors that have come here have not been local. Uh right. they they come from uh far and wide, you know, as far as way as Korea or um, Yeah, around the that. world really. Yeah, and and uh, the local folks don't I, I think they're a little wary. Of us, rightly so. I think we're pretty bizarre, but um, but they don't see it as as innovative. It it just is outside their frame of reference. Well,
1: we have cistern that holds five thousand gallons of water, and in this part of the country, cisterns are about poverty and and um, ca- causing ill health. It's not sanitary.
0: Yeah, it's more like why would you build a house out of trash when you can afford to buy a new one?
1: Well, that's you true, know? but the other thing about the cisterns here. Is we were really smart to do a cistern and not dig a well because the water table keeps shrinking, and people they used to have to haul water from July until the rainy season, but now they have to haul water all the time. They don't have any, so they don't even have water to flush their toilet. Yeah. And but they thought we were weird.
0: Well, yeah, and well, uh, we but are. I, I should say you know, I, and and now that I've said that most of our visitors come from somewhere else, uh, you should probably tell the story about the first visit where you put that little notice in the local paper that oh, yeah. the, the well, house so of I, tires. Yeah,
1: so I wanted to prove to you that I was on to something and that somehow I might actually make a business here and we could make a living because I really wanted to come back to Ohio. It is my home and I was taught to be proud of it and I still am in spite of all the stupid people that are out there and that try to make it sound like it's not a really amazing place. And so anyway, um, Uh, So I wanted to show you. So I called up the newspaper in Zanesville uh, and I told them I was building this house out of trash and they had heard about it. So they sent out a reporter and they took a picture of me standing. They took several pictures, which they ran in the paper. But the picture that ran on the front page on that Friday was me standing in the living room with the tires and the boards, the plywood over the windows because we didn't have windows yet. And the next day 450 people showed up and you were there you would come in from somewhere for the weekend and it was unbelievable 450 people come into yeah. the middle of I nowhere I remember that
0: article cuz Callan who was like 3 or 4 she was quoted as saying your grandma's a little bit my, weird and my little little bit cool. no, a little bit crazy she said my little crazy little crazy and a little cool Which is probably a fair... We'll put that on your tombstone.
1: She looked up at me like, wow, I'm sorry I'm saying this. All
0: right. Well, you have been listening to When the Biomass Hits the Wind turbine with Jay and a little bit weird Annie (laughs) Warnke. We want to thank Adam Rich, our Emmy Award-winning producer. We want to thank you for spending just a little bit of time with us. And as your grandmother probably told you, the secret to a happy and sustainable life is...
1: Be quick to thank others. So thanks to Roman Wormke and the Voodoo Birds for our theme music and Will Perkins for the closing remarks.
0: And you're supposed to clean up your mess and eat your vegetables.
1: Well, that's true.
0: Right. Till next time, bye-bye. In the night, and all the stars fancy in the firelight. Soon we'll be together, all will be revealed. Mother Earth will sing, and her children will be
1: healed. You can find more information on living sustainably in our unsustainable world at Blue Rock